superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. TJ Watt here. How would you categorize your role? TJ Watt with the trifecta. As an outside linebacker in a 3-4 defense for the Pittsburgh Steelers, you have to be a playmaker. TJ Watt got a piece of that ball. Today's guests, Pro Football Hall of Famer Dick Butkus. Executive producer of the Earning It podcast, Jane Skinner-Goodell. Actor, C. Thomas Howell. Plus, Fox Sports Rules Analyst, Dean Blandino. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Okay, everybody. It is time for another edition of the Rich Eisen Show. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. I have a feeling there's a lot of people want to get something off their chest after Monday Night Football <laughs> wrap things up. Chris Brockman, good to see you over there, sir. Good to see uh, you. Rich, you can't see it, but I'm taunting Jason right now. Jason. Just by looking in his Don't general direction. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that, guys. We have an emphasis on that right now. Uh, good to see you, Jason Feller, TJ Jefferson, in your usual spot. How are you, sir? Good to see you today. I'm just glad I wasn't involved in this madness last night. Well, let me just tell you this, folks. Week 9 of the 2021 NFL season needs to have its own documentary on it. <laughs> A 30 for 30? Uh, I'm serious. <laughs> Honestly, start from last Monday morning when we learned Von Miller was getting traded and Derek, Derek Henry had a broken foot and Adrian Peterson was being looked at. And we didn't even know Aaron Rodgers was maybe beginning to come down with COVID-19. We had no idea that Odell Beckham Jr. had just played his last game as a Cleveland Brown because he was going to be sent home twice for practice, excused twice from practice and then ultimately released. And then we would see uh, a weekend in which seven teams that came into a game with a record worse than their opponent won the game. And we almost had an eighth last night. Uh, Honestly, this is one of the most unpredictable, controversial, maddening, angering, entertaining, disgust, controversial, whatever you want to say, week the NFL has had in, in, in recent memory. And um, last night, the Monday night football game can be broken into three parts. The Steelers, the Bears, the officiating. Let's start with the Steelers because they're the team that has moved on from their one and three start. They beat the Bills in week one and then fell apart. And you know what I was talking about during that first month of the season when they lost three in a row? And I said Ben looked washed because the offense did not look any better than the way they finished up last year after being the lone remaining undefeated team of 2020, winning their first 11 games and then falling apart. Falling apart because they didn't have a deep threat, they didn't have a run threat, and then defensively they were losing players left and right and banged up. See ya. Browns boat race them out of the playoffs one and done. And then there's that one and three start. And I was saying that entire time 
More Najee Harris, please. Let's go. Let's establish him. Let's establish the run game. Let's establish him as the one of the threats coming out of the passing game. And even though they have lost Juju Smith-Schuster for the season, this offense is really potent. Because they're going to come downhill and hit you. And wh- I said this during the summer that Najee Harris had the ability to reestablish the Steelers' identity in the manner in which we had come to know them, accustomed to know the Steelers as we're going to hit you in the mouth. We're going to control the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. And with Big Ben in there, let's stand back there. Let him stand back there and be clean and, and pick and choose who to throw to. And they got him a tight end in Pat Fryermuth now. And he's caught touchdown pass after touchdown pass, and the receivers are getting open, and it's all coming up roses. I mean, the way that Big Ben is now standing upright and isn't running for his life and isn't getting rid of the ball right away two yards in front of him and everybody's bunched up on that line of scrimmage, we don't see it anymore. We don't see anybody like bunched up in those first six yards, even when you think Najee Harris is going to get it because he's going to just run straight through you. And T.J. Watt is playing at the top of his game. And now the Steelers are five and three, guys. From one and three to five and three. Wow. And I'm shocked. And they're just a game behind the Ravens in this division. They're a half game in front of the Browns. And, I mean, oh, man, the Bengals were leading this division two weeks ago. <laughs> they were the no one seed in the AFC. And now they're in last place in this division. They're in last place in this division. We keep talking wow. about the <laughs> NFC West being the deep end of the yeah. NFL pool. The AFC North's the deep end of the NFL pool. Everybody's above 500. Five and four. Five and four is good enough for half game out of first place in the AFC East. Five and four is last place in the AFC North. Look out, and the Steelers have Detroit next. Ravens first up to kick off week 10 at Miami. The Bengals are sitting on a bye week saying, what the hell happened? And that Browns-Patriots game couldn't be bigger. Oh, my gosh, that couldn't be bigger. I can't wait for that week 10 game. That's right there on the marquee, man. Two five and four teams going at it. Looking forward to that. So the Steelers are trending up, and why not? And why not? And it's good to see their kicker back from uh, the worst fake field goal in the history of (laughs) fake field goals. Pretty bad. Kicking game winners and also recovering a a fumble on a kickoff that really crushed the Bears. Let's get to the Bears. (sighs) Just when you could say they are who we thought they were, Justin Fields... Dropped his huggies last night, guys. That's the phrase that Bill Parcells always used about rookies getting better and rookies maturing and rookies beginning to show flashes of what they can do. Justin Fields dropped his huggies last night. That kid was getting beat up. He was getting blown up. They weren't doing diddly squat, diddly poo, to use the phrase that pays from Jim Moore Sr. They weren't doing any of that. They were getting field goals while the Steelers were getting touchdowns. Justin Fields and Ben Roethlisberger each had 63 yards passing in the first half, 
they couldn't have been any different, 63 yards. It's good to see David Montgomery back. It was good to see that, but it, it, it was just looking horrible. And then Justin Fields, bro. Those throws he made in the fourth quarter awesome. and the second half and the leading up to that fourth quarter were just like, whoa, throws. Just like, now we get it. Now we get it. You could see what he could do. He kind of was beginning to put it all together. The game was slowing down a little bit while Allen Robinson, who was on the side of the Chicago offensive milk carton for years, weeks this year, months, and then years. Mooney. Mooney. (laughs) I'll be honest with you. I'm paid to know about the National Football League and be on top of things. I thought Jimmy Graham was retired. (laughs) Really? (laughs) (laughs) That's how... That's how out of the mix he's been. Really? He's on the team. (laughs) That's all right. You know what I'm saying? And Fields was finding them all, man. He missed Jimmy Graham on a, you know, he didn't throw it high enough for Jimmy Graham, a high point one in the first half for a touchdown. But those throws, those throws were on point. And that throw he made to Mooney for the touchdown to put him up. When he was extending the play to his left against the grain, going against the grain, against his body, and he threw that dart to Mooney, who toe-tapped in the end zone, and I'm like, okay. Of course, the Bears then started making mistakes on defense. The number of times they lined up offsides. I mean, come on. And then blew a coverage to get allow the Steelers to get on the plus side of the field. I mean, they Steelers were deflated, deflated. They were down, this this Bears team, they were toast in this game, and they came off the mat. They came back in Pittsburgh on Monday Night Football in Justin Fields' first nationally televised whole country sitting around to watch him game since the national championship game against Alabama. And he picked himself off the turf multiple times, figuratively off the mat, and throws his team into the lead like that good stuff i know bears fans are pissed about the mistakes and i'm sure they are sitting here this morning thinking that should have been their game but justin fields is the guy gents and i spoke to him on uh for the pregame show for westwood one and i i asked him about the concept of him regressing because he's in there and getting his you-know-what handed to him so much. And he called that a good question. He wasn't like, yeah, no, no, don't worry about me. He called that a good question. He said he's actually talking to Cam Newton, who he's been speaking to for years about this. Because Cam knows a thing or two about being treated differently because he's a guy who runs outside of the pocket, right? I think we saw that a couple times last night Mm -hmm. as well. He has taken a beating, and he keeps on ticking. Taking the licking and keeps on ticking. The Browns sack him for nine times, and guess what? He wins his first career start the next week. I mean, he gets his first career win the next week. Nine sacks in his first career start. First career win the next week. Bucks destroy him. I mean, they left him on the side of the road. And here he goes into Pittsburgh and getting lit up. And he made those throws. Got to feel good about that, Bears fans. 
Now, part three, the officiating. <laughs> Look, bad. the famed stare down of a practice squad player making a huge sack for his team after just getting called up. Cassius Marsh has been in the league for a few years, but he was on the practice squad. He was elevated just for this game, and he makes a huge sack of Big Ben on third down in a three-point game. And the Bears are getting the ball back. And this is after Fields just led them down the field, and Mooney ran one in on a nice play call from Matt Nagy, by the way. And all they need is that three-pointer, and they're tied. This game is a game. They're back. And Marsh does his usual, apparently, I didn't know this was his move, his, I guess, samurai flip and kick. Did you see that? I, I mm-hmm. thought to myself, yeah. you, that would honestly, that would put me in traction. And then secondly, you know, just, hey, you know, there's more football to be played here. Don't hurt yourself. And then a flag comes out. I thought the initial taunting was because of that kick okay. and flip. No, he had the temerity to put his hands on his hips and stare down the Pittsburgh Steeler bench from about 30 feet away. And Tony Carani throws the flag. Now, by the letter of the law of the taunting rule and the emphasis on it, we saw it just a couple of Monday Night Football games ago, and I said it was stupid then. When Darren Waller, in his first target of the game, makes a catch for the Raiders against the Chargers and SoFi up the road here, and he spiked the ball with his left hand on the Chargers' side of field. And you're not allowed to have a celebration in the direction of an opponent. And you're not supposed to have one in the direction of the opposing team's bench. That's why I called it adding the concept of targeting to celebrations. That's what this taunting emphasis is. League doesn't want you standing over somebody and barking at them. And to that I say, check mark on that. I don't want to see that. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants to start seeing that in Pop Warner and high school games because they saw one of their favorite NFL players standing over somebody and yelling at them. Don't want to see that. Get out. But when you do that, you start codifying it by saying you may not have it in the direction of a player or the opposing team's bench. Then you get stupid penalties being called like Darren Waller spiking the ball when he's all fired up and playing the game with the passion that you want to see as a fan. That's technically against the rules, even though I don't think there was a single human being outside of whatever official threw the flag that thought that Darren Waller was taunting the Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah, take that. It's my first target of the night. (laughs) Come on, know the game. Know the sense of it. See the context. That's why you're a human being calling it. We're not using robots. Contextualize, please. So last night, yep, by the letter of the rule, he was staring down the bench. If he did that in the direction of the Steelers fans, in either in the end zone away from everybody else, fine. But he did it in the direction of the Steelers bench, and out comes the flag from Tony Carrenti, and I couldn't have been more 
upset, angered by it. Come on, man. Know the context of the moment. Who's he? Who's he standing over? Nobody. Who's he actually saying anything to? Nobody. Who's he threatening from all that far away? Nobody. Guys called up from the practice squad. He's making a huge play. In that night, Monday night football, he's fired up. If his emotions get carried away a little bit where he's staring at the bench, look at him and say, don't do that again. Can't throw the flag and say, by the way, fresh set of downs for the team that just got sacked, that's up three with little time left. Have some sense of it. If you asked a fan, what do you want out of the game? Somebody staring at somebody's bench or an official injecting himself or herself into the game when nobody wants it with a call that is a robotic interpretation of the rule and not a human being contextualizing it. Which one would you rather have out of the game? It's the ref. Not the stare. Come on. Come on. That's what makes people turn the game off. And as somebody whose job it is every Sunday, and as somebody whose job it is every day of the week for 18 years to make sure you don't go click, that pisses me off. I can imagine what a Bears fan feels. Because it did lead to another three points for the Steelers. Game wasn't over, as was proven by the fact that Fields made those amazing throws. But it was huge at the moment. And in the end, unnecessary. And then comes the fact that Carrenti contacted the player. Did he lose his balance? Mm. I, I, I don't know. It pains me to say this. Tony Carreni, I have met, I have known. His story is remarkable. He has overcome cancer. The fact that he's a 69-year-old man out there doing this job is remarkable. But when it comes down to it, he's got to keep that flag in his belt for something like this. It is not necessary. And if that would cost him a downgrade, then shame on the NFL for making the officials think, I'm going to get downgraded. I might not officiate a playoff game because I didn't call Cassius Marsh for a stare down. Then shame on the NFL if that's the case. Change that too. Dean Blandino, the former head of NFL refs and rules analyst for Fox Sports, going to join us in hour number two to discuss this. We're all over the map today. Not going to lie, it's phenomenal. It is great. Dean Blandino to talk about this. Jane Skinner Goodell is going to join us on this program because she's the executive producer of a new podcast that dropped today with Roger Goodell as the first guest. I'm wondering how he got booked. Mm-hmm. The, NFL's, um, the, the NFL's senior director of diversity, equity, and inclusion with the NFL is hosting this podcast. Her name is Sam Rappaport. And it is all about 
the progress of women in the NFL and how they are progressing in the game. It's called Earning It, the NFL's Forward Progress. There's a podcast that's a companion to an NBC NFL Films television series coming out on this subject. She's an hour number three. After her, to celebrate the fact that, (laughs) this is great, The Outsiders is now available on 4K disc and digital today from The Outsiders, which was first put in theaters near you in 1983. C. Thomas Howell will join us. But up next, who better after that Bears game last night to talk about it, about the way the Bears made mistakes, almost came back anyway, and then got screwed by the refs in a taunting penalty. Dick Butkus is about to join us. And he's also joining us to talk about a, uh, a, a campaign to fight obesity, not just in former NFL players, but in you. It's about wellness and health, which we're all about talking here on The Rich Eisen Show. 844-204-RICH, number to dial your phone calls as well. Oh, yeah. And Jerry Jones is officially second guest Mike McCarthy on uh, local Metroplex radio. That'll be great. <laughs> That's going to come up later. Yep. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. Don't go anywhere. Dick Butkus when we come back here on The Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung, and that means spring cleaning, or at least the partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code E-I-S-E-N. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Rich Eisen Show, right here on this terrestrial radio network, along with NBC Sports on Peacock and Sirius XM Channel 85, is our top-notch guest on the phone, Christopher. Yes, he is. 
And here he is, one of the greats of all time, a pro football Hall of Famer, one of the greats of all time at Illinois football as well, one of the greats of the Chicago Bears organization. Joining me here on the Rich Eisen Show on the Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line, courtesy of Huddle Up, the Let's Talk Obesity campaign as part of getting players who used to play in the NFL as well as possible, the great Dick Butkus. How are you, Dick? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing better for talking to you. Uh, there you go. Let's let's hop right into this thing. Did you see the game last night? Yes, I did see the game last night. And, uh, uh, well, I was a little bit more agitated uh, than usual watching the Bears of late. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just don't understand what's going on there. You know what? They ought to sue that offensive line for attempted murder. They're going to get that quarterback of ours killed. Um, I think he's he, he's our guy, Justin. And I think the, they got to do a, a better job of getting him some surrounding help. Because, uh, like I say, they're going to kill that kid. So when you watch them and you watch last night, you yeah. the, the throws that Fields made towards the end of the game that 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 was a that's that's it, right? I mean, you you know for sure he's your guy, or yeah. or you th- you figured that was the case before this? No, I, you know, I, I just saw his maturity over the just the, the past three or four games. Than watching him, he he can make the throws. Uh, um, I'm certain about that. It's just uh, they ought to have. Uh, well, I would say that. A little bit better play calling and uh, uh, and just help the kid out as best you can with with, with play selections and so forth. Uh, it's just he's doing he's doing a great job uh, with with not much help up front. So what what play calls you want to see if you want to get in the exercise well, a little bit? Him doing some rollout and stuff, doing some uh, Patrick Mahone business. After all, Nagy came from from Mandy Reid's school. Uh-huh. Uh, why is it a, a dive up the middle for two yards with Montgomery, then another uh, dive for two more yards, and now you leave the kid third and six or third and seven plus? Everybody knows in the stadium that you're going to throw it. Okay, so devise some way, a unique way of getting him in, in movement, rolling out or what have you, uh, for the best chance of completing a pass. Because drop, drop back pass, and that, I just, you know, I hold my breath. Well, all right, let me go to the third rail subject. Do you think Nagy's the guy? Dick Buckus, what do you think? Uh, I, I, I expected more, let me say this. I, I, I expected more. Um, you know, people ask me, oh, you think they're going to fire him? And the McCaskies will not fire anybody during the year. Uh, if anything happens, him or Pace, I mean, in Chicago, they're all, they're, they're, it's, you know, they want to lynch him, but... Um, <laughs> Uh, I, I'm, I'm just disappointed in, in 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 everything the Bears are doing. I mean, I, I just I get so frustrated watching them. Uh, I don't know. It's just they got to start from ground zero, but they already have ground zero with Fields. Now let's get somebody around them and, and in front of them to save his life. Dick Butkus here, Pro Football Hall of Famer, here on the Rich Eisen Show. What'd you think of what? I mean, the the, the emphasis on taunting. Oh, Jesus, don't bring that up. <laughs> God. I mean, I, I mean, it, it, it damn, you know, it, 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 it was. You know, you know that, that, that's the difference of today's game versus, you know, it, eras before. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that, that's, that's bait. I mean, that, it, 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 watching game films and you watch a guy intercept the ball on his own 10-yard line, let's say, yep. and he runs 90 yards and there's, 
not only the rest of the defensive team running to the end zone, you got guys coming off the sidelines now. Right. And then they're doing their gyrations and everything else. And I know, I guess, the director up there is directing the camera on them. Let's show, you know, I have fun. Does anybody go in the end zone and, and do cartwheels when they miss a tackle or drop a pass? I, please. Please don't. But that call on 59 yesterday, uh, last night, uh, that was ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, he was just staring at the bench, you yes. know, at, from 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 outside, from the middle of the field. He wasn't. I think he was. I don't think he was inside the hash, Dick. You know, I mean, that he was. Wasn't. And then when he came off, he bumps into the referee. I thought, well, maybe the guy, the referee, called it on him for bumping him. You know. But he said he didn't. By the way, Tony Carrenti said he that he was already pulling the flag as it looked like the. It looked like, and I'm going to talk about this with the head of the, one of the former head of NFL refs, Dean Blandino, later on, Dick, on this show. It did look like Tony kind of like moved his hip into the guy as he was passing by. It yeah. was weird. The whole right, thing was just... it really did. And, and the guy just came up for the practice squad. So he's, I know. He's making these, and then then when he runs off to the sidelines, they're chewing his ass out. <laughs> then finally, the coach came and it looked like he apologized to him, but. I would be hot too at that, you know, at that stage of the game. And then being offsides, lining up offsides. Now, what? I you get frustrated here about this. This is it's ridiculous. I'm sorry, Dick, but I, oh, yeah, re- isn't it? That's what happened. Last Three night. times you, you, you can't line up right, and it costs us a game. <laughs> Dick let Buck. me settle down here a second. Okay, here let we go. Here, uh, let me reset. I'll do the I'll do the professional thing to gather you gather yourself. Dick Butkus, Pro Football Hall of Famer, here on the on the Rich Eisen show. Because this is about wellness, Dick. This is about wellness. We need you well. You know what yeah. I mean? We need you well. How are you feeling? How's everything with you? I'm feeling terrific. Fantastic. You know, we uh, uh, the NFL alumni are uh, have this uh, campaign with obesity, and and uh, they had asked me to join forces because of my foundation. We we do. Uh, heart where we give ebt uh, scans of people's heart uh down there in orange county and so there's a definite uh relationship between obesity now and deaths and heart disease and of course diabetes thrown in mm-hmm. and you know people are you know it's over 40 percent i think uh, nfl retired players are obese uh, and everybody thinks well it's just diet and, and exercise or whatever, but there's a lot of other factors that you got to take into account as genetics and harmonic changes and, uh, you know, lack of sleep, stress. So what this is doing is trying to address uh, all these issues and guys can go on uh, on the line with uh, NFL uh, alumni or uh, obesity.org, I believe it is, mm-hmm. and, and you can sit there and, you can talk it out, you know. I, I, yeah, you know, another reason is because 20 years ago, uh, I, I did a scan uh, for a favor for somebody over there at St. Joseph's Hospital in, in uh, Orange County. Mm-hmm. And I come out, and 24 hours later, I had a five-way bypass. And I, when I came out of it in the recovery room, uh, the doctor came up to me, and he, uh, he was a Chicago guy. And he said, I said, come on, Doc, what, what, what the hell is going on here? I, I felt fine. I might have been overweight a little bit, but I, I generally I felt fine. Mm-hmm. And he says, well, Dick, the best way I could explain it to you is that you had one foot in the grave and one on a banana peel. 
because wow. in 30 days it would have been over for you. Wow. And I'm like, whoa. And so I'm thinking now with this obesity, uh, you know, cancer and heart disease were elevated because of all the smoking. Smoking has decreased, heart disease has decreased. Now it's skyrocketing again, and it's because of obesity. And, you know, I think it's a selfish thing that you're doing because I just think back. If I would have taken care of myself or, or, or didn't do the scan, I would never have seen my fine grandchildren. So it's, it's not an issue where it's all about me. It's, you know, don't be selfish. Get yourself healthy so you can live to see your grandkids. And it's, it's not that difficult to do, although, you know, a lot of guys think it is. There's a lot of problems. But, again, it's, it's not just diet and exercise. You know, you got to, you know, really work at it. And, you know, just, I, I just got into it uh, recently, and, you know, I've lost 40 pounds, and I feel Wow, good. that's amazing. HuddleUpObesity.org right. for you. Uh, by the way, you were talking so passionately about fighting obesity. You, I think you've been flagged for taunting, Dick. I think you've well, been, you're taunting obesity. You're taunting obesity. That's what's happening well, right well, now. It, well, isn't it like everybody, it's all about me? Don't you think that's what's going on with the taunting and everything? <laughs> Look at me. But when they blow a tackle or fumble or throw an interception, it's uh, they're not doing cartwheels as they walk off. Come on. Oh, man. He's cramming. He's <laughs> <laughs> Dick Buck is here on the Rich Eisen Show. Uh, what was it like uh, suiting up against a Lombardi offense and uh, back in the day? Give me, give me a good one on that one. There's Lombardi on the sideline. You're a bear. They're the Packers. Let's go. Like, what was that like, Dick? It was it oh. was a great time because that, those were probably the best games as the team we played because mm-hmm. you know you knew they were good and you really wanted to show up, but. Uh, I uh, I just you know there was no trickery involved. They just were so well uh, honed at execution that you know the sweep and all that stuff. Everybody knew it was coming. It was just their guys did a great job of preventing you from making tackles. And I really enjoyed uh, playing there because uh, to me at that time as a rookie, even going to uh, Green Bay, it's you know. Title Town, this is it, man. You know, because I used to watch Ray Nitsky because uh, I met him as a sophomore when I was at Illinois or when I was in high school going to go to Illinois. And so I always followed him. And I still remember when he was on What's My Line after they beat the, the, the Giants or somebody. And he came on with his glasses and bald head and they were asking him what he was doing. Oh man, he what's he was in the uh, all, all, was he in the Miller Lite commercials too with you back uh, in the day? Let's see. Was he? Uh, I don't know if he he was okay because well the guy who always used to come through the Miller Lite commercials at the end was Madden bursting through yeah. right and then right. we've got a photograph of those old days of the Miller Lite commercials. I, I mean the 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 people on the screen. I mean, there's Madden, Rodney Dangerfield, Boog Powell. You're leaning on Boog, holding a Miller Lite with Bubba right next to you. And you're leaning on Billy Martin, who's sitting next to Mickey Spillane. Give me a story. Roll roll one out for me here, Dick. What was it like? So so every Christmas, we would do, you know, everybody would do their little individual uh, commercials during the year. But around Christmas, for Christmas, we would do a... um, uh, commercial with everybody, 60-second one. Mm-hmm. So we were all in this boardroom sitting, and so each guy, 
I had their lines and everything else. And so we would, Deacon Jones would always jag Rodney Dangerfield because he, you know, we were all the peons and we had to be there and sit there for the whole duration of setup and everything. Rodney would walk in when he was to say his line. So, uh, uh, I think it was Boom Boom Jeffreyon. Uh, he says, you know, Rodney's like saying something, you know, to the director. And so Boom Boom Jeffreyon says, come on, Rodney, stay your lines. And then without hesitation, Rodney says, hey, Boom Boom, how's your sister, Bang Bang? <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I'm sitting there like, this guy must have lines ready to go for everybody because we gave him such a hard time. Because and so, so there was a makeup guy putting powder on on Deacon, and it, it, he looked like he slapped he slapped the powder puff on, on Deacon's face, and it's just like white all over. Deacon grabs him and starts heading grabbing them and moving over to the window. They opened the window where we were on a high rise. <laughs> the makeup guy out the window. I mean, oh, my God. There are funnier things than the commercials, actually. And I think it's probably one of the biggest mistakes Miller Lite has made by getting rid they would. Can you imagine? They would have had material. Oh, forever. Forever. Of course. Exactly. That's the stuff from behind the... I mean, my favorite one is being a New Yorker was George Steinbrenner and Billy... You know, after he rehired Billy for like the umpteenth time and they argued about taste great, less filling, and he fired him again. I mean, that's just, that's one of the best commercials of all time. Yeah. Unbelievable. Oh, man. Uh, it was, it was. And then, of course, I, I, I just, you know, by, by the way, Dick, you got to come into the studio because I have so many questions for you about your TV career. You were, you were in every television show in the 1970s. Yeah. I, I mean, yep. are you. Uh, are you aware? I mean, like, what what do you get? What do you get checks for residual? Do you get like residual checks for for uh, rich man, poor man, still? Oh, yeah. Or you do? You get a Rockford Files residual check still? Yeah, you know what the ones that you do early. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, it it they it, it changes. Like, I don't know if you get a hundred percent residual, then uh -huh. it goes to ninety, eighty. You know, every time right. it reruns. So I get some for nine cents, <laughs> three cents in Europe. <laughs> so, uh, believe me, I'm not. Uh, I mean, I wish I would have been on a series like uh, anybody that's been in it for, for a number of years. They they're, they're really raking it in. Oh yeah, 27 episodes of My Two Dads, Dick. I wrote yeah. that one down on my uh, six million dollar man, yep. Matlock. Yep. You were uh, you're the famed Tank Mason on Murder She Wrote in yep. that one episode. I almost had a series uh, spinoff from MacGyver. Come on! I, I, yeah, I had uh, they had me up there twice. Huh. Uh, yeah. yeah, there you are. You're, 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 we got a picture of you with uh, Richard Dean Anderson. You're holding some sort of plastic bag. Yeah, you know you're making stuff with MacGyver. That's what they did. Yeah, back in the day. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So fool them all, Rich. <laughs> <laughs> Big time, man. Big yeah. time. Yeah. All right, Dick. So, uh, again, everyone go to huddleupobesity.org to learn more about getting well and check things out for you. The Butkus Foundation, you've got that I Play Clean program encouraging teens yep. to stay away from from uh, PEDs. Yep. And then the Butkus Award, when do we find out who's the winner this year? Uh, 
Uh, we'll find out uh, around uh, December, uh, the week, first week of December, December 7th to the 10th or so. Right. Uh, yeah, you know, what What we do differently is that we don't have a rubber chicken banquet and tuxedos and have guys come fly out uh, during finals. Uh, we go to their particular school okay. so that their coaches, family, and friends can enjoy it, uh, the success that the kid has. So Okay. Yeah, and then we're going to have uh, our first award show uh, in February there at Aqua Caliente in uh, Palm Springs. So okay. we'll bring in all the winners there, I hope. Well, when you're on the way there from the beach, stop by here, and you can come in and, you know, really speak your mind on things, Dick, when you come well, in here, I, okay? You know, I, yeah. I, that's what people tell me. I should say what I think, but I just, <laughs> you know. I just I don't want to get myself in trouble. <laughs> okay, okay. you've succeeded not to do that here, Dick. Don't okay. worry. Oh, Barris, and that's <laughs> <laughs> take care of yourself, Dick Butkus. You're the yeah. best. That's Dick Butkus right here on the Rich Eisen Show, everybody. <laughs> yeah, we don't have a rubber chicken dinner with people in tuxedos and have them come out. Yeah, you know, for rubbing chicken dinner during finals. Like, I mean. We had two great fantasy names come out got? of that conversation, Rich. We have Taunting Obesity. Taunting Obesity. Which I think if you're listening right now, immediately change your team name to that. And Rubber Chicken Banquet. Rubber Chicken Banquet. It's pretty Not great. Not bad. It's pretty great. Okay. Taunting well, Obesity. Well done. Uh, let's take a break. A big-time player in the National Football League has just uh, it has been announced. Uh, he's the latest to uh, test positive for COVID-19. Um, however, he is vaccinated but we'll let you know whether this person might be able to play this week. Best we can tell. That's coming up next. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. This is the Rich Eisen Show. 844-204-RICH being the number to dial. We'll take a couple of phone calls in a second. Um, Nick Chubb is COVID positive, huh? That's uh, there's He's one of four Browns to be placed on the COVID-19 list today, Christopher? So what's going is. on? Yeah, according to Adam Schefter, the Browns had a little mini outbreak here. Uh, running backs Nick Chubb and Demerick Felton tested positive. Both players are vaccinated, so they could play this week against them. Okay, all they need is two negative tests. And again, um, uh, that's what happened with Saquon Barkley last week is he was uh, COVID positive, Nate ruled as COVID positive, and then he it was found to be a false positive because he's vaccinated, he was able to play if he could go. Um, and it looks, it looks like, and he couldn't go because of the ankle. It looks like, according to Tom Palacero, John Kelly... Um, is also on this list. Current healthy roster, uh, current running back that's uh, 
on the roster that is only uh, one to be COVID-free and healthy right now, according to the testing, is Ernest Johnson. Looks like it's his his time. He played well last week. It's his time. He played well two weeks well, ago. I mean, two weeks ago. This is a totally different ball of wax, bro. Because this is the Patriots playing the way that they are. Mm-hmm. And that was a short week uh, Denver Bronco team that uh, did not at all uh, look like the team that showed up in Dallas this past week. I still can't get over that one. But at any rate, because, uh, because he is vaccinated, Nick Chubb has a shot to still play this week. If he wasn't vaccinated, via con Dios, he would yeah. be out already, and then we would have to see how he is uh, the following week. Right. Them's the rules. Speaking of rules, let's get to him right now. Uh, Cruz in Iowa. What's up, Cruz? Hey, Rich. How's it going, man? What's on your mind? Oh, just that Bears game last night. I think that was one of the most ter- or terrible officiating I've ever seen. You see a roughing the passer call on Ben Roethlisberger, kind of like a flop after he got hit. But you get a two-step on Justin Fields after the pass or the ball is thrown, but nothing is called. I just amazed that, I don't know, just that terrible game it was, I have never seen officiating-wise. Well, I mean, I, look, man, the thing, again, uh, folks don't like it, but the league says you are not allowed to target a bench or a player with any form of – celebration i would say you cannot stand over somebody you cannot communicate in an emphatic manner in the direction of another player or a bench and that's what cassius marsh did last night by the rule of the law even though i don't think anybody was intimidated or threatened or anything like that i don't think there's any sort of way other than him just staring at the at the bench and you know in 2021 you just simply can't do that I think it's a ridiculous waste of time. I think it is absolutely something that is enraging to fans. And it's going to happen again. It's going to happen again, and it's going to happen in a big game with with do-or-die possibilities for for a team. If that happens, if something like that happens in late January on a playoff weekend, come on. I mean, that's why we've got to clean this up right now. But it's week nine, and it still isn't cleaned up. Well... No, well, no. It's been almost ten weeks already, and it's it's crazy. It's all well, more already. than that. I mean, they they flew it all over the place. The, these flags during uh, preseason, and we were told, "Don't worry, it'll lighten up." And 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 again, we we saw last night, and then we saw on a Monday nighter here in Los Angeles when Darren Waller spiked the football out of excitement, spiked the football maybe in frustration because he had only been targeted uh, zero times in the game. It was his first target of the night. It was I think second quarter. Spiked the ball, and it, it was yep. not in the direction of any player, but the ball was thrown by his left hand, and the bench was to his left. And that's it. It was right on the sideline. Oh, I, I, I remember it just right now, and I thought that was ridiculous yep. then. I think it's ridiculous now. And, again, and we'll talk about it with Dean Blandino coming up in hour I, number two, Cruz. Yeah, so, I just thanks. got one more for you. If that, if, if Go you for it. Time. Yeah, yeah, I got about a minute. What do you got in mind? Okay. Uh, so I know you're a New York Jets fan, and – the Bears drafted Justin Fields. You guys are where the number two overall pick, and you guys decided to go with Zach Wilson. Do you wish to switch it? No. No. No, I do not. I thought Justin Fields played um, very, very well. Thanks for the call. I thought he played terrific last night, as 
in the fourth quarter. And and as I said, his huggies dropped. That's going to go a very long way, the way that he played, and got his team after they got screwed with that call. Again, by letter of the law, yes, but it shouldn't have been called in that instance. And even with all that, he gave them the lead. He got them back in the lead and just play defense. Make sure Ben doesn't get on the plus side of the field. And they, the Bears just blew a coverage. Plus side of the field was gained. And then a couple more yards. And I think an entire first down based on lining up offsides. Come on now. Yeah, can't do that. Come on. But Justin Fields goes a long way. And I don't have quarterback envy of the Chicago Bears. Which team do you have quarterback envy? Yours. Oh, got it. I just wanted that on the record. Shut up. I do love you, though, Chris. <laughs> I do appreciate that. And uh, me saying that, um, I don't appreciate it. You know how some people say I appreciate that yeah. in a way? Okay, yeah, that's course. exactly what that instance is. Dean Blandino, the head of NFL refs from back in the day, now, NFL rules analyst on Fox is going to join us in hour two to talk about all of this, what we saw last night on Monday Night Football. Coming up next, though, Jerry Jones, a second guess on his coach. 